This is Mary Detours Paust, and you're listening to Lifelines, where we are learning to be spiritual beings living in a material world. How's everybody doing today? It's good to be back, as usual. Big break between podcasts. Bear with me. We'll get there eventually, but I really appreciate you tuning in today. So today I wanted to talk about getting older, a fun topic. I just turned 60. If you are familiar with my blog and my social media, then you probably know this already. I recently transitioned from my blog series called Life in My 50s to Life in My 60s. And I'm kind of excited about embarking on this new decade. I know that sounds a little crazy. And it's, it's got some uh, melancholy that goes along with it, I'll be honest. Um, when I was 50, my grandmother was still alive and she was 100. And so I could look at that situation and say, well, hey, if I got my grandmother's genes, I can do my whole life over again. And that seemed pretty fantastic. Now at 60, it's pretty clear I'm not going to get to do the whole thing over again, and I don't think I'd want to. So it's obvious that this is the downward slide of life. That sounds negative. It doesn't mean to be, I don't mean it to be negative. The third third of life. That's the best way to look at it. I'm in my third third of life. And there is some freedom that comes with that. So yeah, I'm older. I'm grayer. I'm a little more wrinkled. But I definitely think there is um, an incredible gift that comes with this final stage of life. I can remember when I was young, I would think someday, someday I'm going to have this magical wisdom, like like the clouds were going to open up and wisdom was going to pour down on me. And someday I'm going to be the Mary I always wanted to be. And it was this Um, longing for this person and this time and this uh, acceptance of myself that seemed like it was always far away. Like I I needed to work, I needed to wait. And when was this magical day going to happen? I thought it would be when I turned 40. I thought it would be 50. And then I realized it's happening a little bit every day, at least if we're willing to put the work in. Yeah, you could get to be 100 years old and maybe not make any growth and maybe not have any more wisdom or any more freedom or self-acceptance as you did when you were 18. But if you're willing to put in the work, and it's not always easy, it's kind of hard work to do that interior stuff, you will wake up at some point and slowly but surely it will dawn on you that over those years, you did actually start to uncover the true self that lives inside, and that's buried by what the world demands you to be, which is usually your false self, which is usually your ego talking. But underneath that ego, underneath the things we think we should do, should be, should say, even when we know in our hearts it's not really right for us, underneath all of that is the true self, the person that God created us to be. As St. Catherine of Siena said, be who God meant you to be, and you will set the world on fire. So our greatest task in life is to be who we are meant to be. It's not about how much we earn. It's not about the job title. It's about coming into our own 
And I am here to tell all you youngins that being 60 is pretty dang fantastic. It's like you do, you come into your own and you are unafraid. That's the best way I can can describe it. Not that there's not that little fear of what's going to happen. When am I going to start getting sick? I'm already starting to slow down a bit. That stuff's just normal. But I mean unafraid of the bigger stuff. There's wisdom. There's freedom. And there's this joy that lives inside you when you realize that you can be who you truly were created to be. And you can love the parts of yourself that maybe you didn't always love because it's all part of you. When we, when we talk about getting to the true self, we're not talking about abandoning the pieces of ourselves that kind of make us cringe sometimes or that make us unhappy. We're talking about loving our whole selves with all of the flaws and cracks. And we all have those flaws and cracks and scars. That's just part of it, right? My big mantra, broken, beautiful, and beloved. We are all broken, we're all beautiful, and we are all beloved exactly as we are at this moment. And 60 has made me feel that more than I have ever felt it in my entire life. When I woke up on my 60th birthday, and I was laying there in bed, hands on my heart, thinking about what was going to be, you know, this coming year, this coming decade, and where I am in my life, I just felt complete peace and contentment and connection and love. It was just like these were these great gifts that I'd always wanted to have in my life, these great desires for my life to find contentment and joy within my mundane, normal life. And now I was finally starting to feel it, even though I know in a logical way, that there are going to be very hard times ahead. There are always very hard times ahead. None of us get through this life unscathed. There will be challenges. There will be sicknesses. There will be losses. This is life. This is the way life is. And when you start to, I think, get toward this time of life, you begin to recognize your mortality. It becomes obvious. And If you're willing to do the hard work of sitting down in silence with God, with yourself, and listening instead of always doing and talking and moving and spinning, slowly by slowly, piece by piece, little by little, you come to see that everything you need is within you. Everything you need is right there. And you just have to tap into it. But that takes discipline and it takes um it takes silence. I know I'm always saying that and people don't always want to hear it, but there's no way around this without silence. Silence is one of those practices that appears from the outside to be so simple, right? I'm just going to sit and not do anything and just listen. And we all think wouldn't I what I wouldn't give for a few moments of silence. But the truth is, we will do anything to avoid a few minutes of silence. We will scroll, we will watch TV, we will get snacks, we will do laundry, we will flip through a magazine, we will do anything we can think of rather than sit in silence. Because silence is not simple. And silence is a great 
interior challenge, not just an exterior challenge. It can be challenging too to sit still and be with the physical discomforts. But even more than that is sitting still with our monkey mind, with our voice, the inner voice that will constantly tell us things that we don't want to hear. But if you do it and you keep coming back to it, eventually you sit down in your chair or your cushion or wherever the space is where you meditate or sit in silence. And you will know as soon as you sit down, the shoulders will relax, everything will soften, your breath will deepen. And it's like your body knows you are now in the space of silence and stillness. And the more you do it, the more normal it feels and the easier it is to settle into that space. And I'm not saying you're going to hear miraculous messages or life-altering truths when you sit down in silence. In fact, you may hear stuff that makes you want to scream or that makes you want to get up or you may hear nothing except your own breath and you know the guy who's leaf blowing next door disturbing your silence. So how to do it? Well, as Anne Lamott would say, bird by bird. In other words, day by day, step by step, breath by breath. And that's not easy. I will tell you with all honesty that right now where I am recording this podcast, behind my chair is a cushion and a sacred space, which is where I meditate. I literally have to step over my meditation cushion to come in and out of my office. And yet, more often than not, when I find I have a lull in my day, I will look at that space and I will think, I should meditate. I have the time. And then I will immediately find something that I think should be done instead, something to fill the void. And that's what we do. Because sitting in silence is really hard work. Our monkey mind does not want to shut up. It wants to jump from one thing to another again and again. And so we try to find things that we think we have to do instead. And we put off the silence. But I'm telling you, if you want to reach that place of peace and contentment and inner joy at any age, the only way to get there is through silence. There is no alternate route. And one final word on silence before we get back to the topic of being in our late middle age or early old age. Silence isn't just sitting silently, not talking with the TV on, or sitting silently, not talking, scrolling on your phone, or flipping through a magazine, or doing anything else. When we're talking about the kind of silence that can be transformational, it is a one-pointed, single-minded silence where nothing else is happening. Nothing else is happening. Yes, there are some people who will do meditative walking and they will pray while they garden and they will do that silently and that's beautiful. But even there, and maybe I'm going to get some disagreement on this, the really hard, deep work happens when we are in complete silence and stillness. So we are just sitting face to face in the presence of God and we are not multitasking at all even with good stuff like gardening or cooking, 
which are all perfect opportunities for prayer. But that deep, silent meditation and contemplation that can bring us in contact with the divine, to me, that has to happen in our sacred space or in a place where we are quiet and we are still and we are listening for that still small voice of the Spirit. So, okay, enough about silence because that was supposed to be a whole other podcast that I haven't done yet. 60 years old. My final takeaways. I have not made a bucket list because I'm not a bucket list person, just like I'm not a New Year's resolution person. But I absolutely know that there are things in my heart and in my mind that are are goals for me, things I want to accomplish, things I want to learn, places I want to go. But that being said, I also know that the greatest challenge ahead of me and the greatest joy that is available to me is learning to be at peace and to be content and to be connected to God and to other people exactly where I am. So I don't need a lot of money to travel to a beautiful country. I don't need a lot of time and money to take up some big pilgrimage, uh, as, as exciting and, and valuable as those things can be. And I would love to do travels and pilgrimages and all sorts of other cool things. But really, our real work and the real work to me of being at this stage of life is learning to be accepting of where I am in, in whatever fashion that comes up. So for me right now, it's achy joints and back issues and thumb issues and all sorts of little physical things that are starting to pop up. I know that's only the beginning. So can I still be content at 60 knowing that this is probably the best that I'm going to feel for the rest of my life? Mm. That's a scary thought, but it's also just life. And so these are the challenges of being 60, but also the, um, I don't know, the practices. It's the practices of being at this age, but really these practices are important at any age to begin to see our whole life as a practice. Our entire life is the practice. Every day is the practice. So the practice is not when I get on retreat. The practice is not when I get on a pilgrimage, when I get to my spiritual direction session, when I get to a beautiful place in nature, even when I get to my cushion. The whole thing is the practice. But that time on the cushion is what makes the rest of the practice accessible. So my one goal as I begin my 60s, is to try to be more disciplined about my meditation. I go through great spurts of being dedicated, and then I slip up and I get out of the practice and I have to start all over again. So one of my personal goals will be to make sure that I'm being disciplined about it, and that's really what it is. It's We have to be disciplined and it is a practice. And so much of life is about being disciplined enough to and motivated enough to seek out what we know is good for us. And so 
my wish for you, wherever you are in life, even if you are way younger and 60 sounds like a million miles away, is to begin a practice, a daily practice of getting in touch with God and getting in touch with yourself and learning to accept where you are. We spend so much of our lives out there searching for meaning, searching for truth, searching for our place in the world. And I say that as somebody who's done a heck of a lot of searching and longing and struggling. And what we start to realize the older we get is that it's all right here. I feel like Dorothy in Oz, right? I had the power all along. So do you. So let's wrap it up. I am so happy to be here with you. I am grateful that you hung in there with me through this meandering uh, podcast about everything from turning 60 to sitting in silence and a whole bunch of other stuff in between. Um, I hope you'll join me again soon. This is Mary DeTorres-Poust, and you've been listening to Lifelines. Lifelines.